You're listening to RM Channel 001. Hello, this is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. Return of the Jedi, or you, the last Jedi. Why are you Jedi. saying that you're a Star Wars fan? You're not. If you don't like one out of those, what, ten movies, roughly, that we have now? How many do we have? About ten? Ten. Yeah. If you don't, you if you don't like one or two out of those ten movies, but you can still watch it and enjoy it, then you're a Star Wars fan. But yeah. if you hate on everything, everything, and you always go back to New Hope, then you liked a certain set of movies that came out forty plus years ago. You're, you're not a fan of Star Wars, you're so just move on. Quit, 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 quit beating me over the head with your toxic, smelly dick. I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> I don't want to taste it. I don't. Sorry. I don't want it. <laughs> Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal human I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I am Michael Flores, your host, and I'm in the studio today with David Sabal. Hello, David. Hello, hello. All right. So are you ready to get into all this crazy roller coaster of news today, oh, Dave? It's, it's been a roller coaster week for Star Wars. It's been a crazy week. And um, you know what? I think the fandom has reached a boiling point. We, we we are in a dark time when it comes to the fandom right now. I mean, you gotta you gotta admit that basically this is probably the most toxic. Oh, absolutely, most Dave. toxic we've ever seen. I have never seen the Star Wars fandom this this crazy, and even the the days of the prequels in the mid two thousands, early two thousands. Never have I seen it like this. It is insane. I, I'm I'm waiting for people to pull out lightsabers and blasters and start killing each other. <laughs> I mean, there are some fans I'm I'm willing to bet they'd even kill themselves at this point over over their hatred of just certain things and Disney and they're, they're children, they're babies. It feels like Anakin when he's blaming Obi Wan. It's all Obi Wan's yeah, fault. It's your fault. I hate you. It's all Kathleen Kennedy's fault. <laughs> I hate you. While while people while fans like me and you are just staying there going, no, wait, wait. I'm on the high ground. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on the high ground for a while now. <laughs> and if people don't start stop bitching, I think I'm gonna have to cut off their legs. Cut off their legs. <laughs> take away their ability to use their peen. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not you gonna go, you'll go a little bit higher than Obi Wan. You forget legs, you're going for a full waist. I'm doing an Obi Wan what he did to Darth Maul. Take away his his chances of ever having an offspring. 
Hey, hey, explains why Darth Maul is such in a bad mood. Of course. Of course. That's why he's so angry. He can't use his dick anymore. Unless they found a way to make a mechanical dick as well. <laughs> hey, why not, right? Why not? All right. So a lot of things happening in the Star Wars world, Dave, and we're going to get into all of it. We originally had no show planned for today. Um, it's Saturday, and we usually don't do shows on Saturday. The network is usually off Saturday and Sunday. We're a Monday through Friday type of network. And because of all of the news, I felt like it would be remiss of us being a Star Wars fan show to just bypass the entire week. <laughs> just can, hide. Can you imagine that all this is going on and we just said, yeah, we're just going to take a week off. No <laughs> way. Off, we no. have got to be in the thick of it. Um, and I don't want to be negative, but um, first off, I, I have nothing to be negative about. I love Star Wars. Even Last Jedi, there's moments that I, I just like. But as a Star Wars fan, one movie and a few chosen moments in a movie isn't going to destroy the 40 years that I've put into this this love affair, this yeah. obsessive love affair. To me, Star Wars still has big boobs. You know, I love the big boobs. I'm, I'm never going to get used to it. You know how sometimes people get used to the big boobs after they've been with a woman for a while? Not me. I'm still playing on them. <laughs> I'm still trying to climb up them. You appreciate them. I'm still slapping their ass as they walk by. Star Wars is my bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I will never let go of that love, David. So. Let's get into this, all right? Because like I said, it's been a crazy ride. There was some news that was broke by Collider this past week. And I, usually Collider, uh, I have a, a work relationship with them. Uh, we've done, uh, we've covered various projects very closely uh, and and kind of um, created relationships with certain individuals that will, that will remain nameless for the purpose of broadcast. Uh, we share friends with various people. Yes. And um, Collider usually does a really good job breaking news. They do. They do. And um, they failed. <laughs> they jumped the gun and they became part of the problem of the Internet. Usually I don't throw Collider in this mix. Usually they, I they're throw. They're the ones who broke the story, though. Usually I throw um, aggressive comics. I throw comic booked. I throw those types of people universe or inverse inverse i throw those loser blogs into this type of pile of just clickbait bullshit they just want to be yeah clickbait bantha fodder that's what it is dave <laughs> they're very quick to just get headlines out there so they can get clickbaits to their 15 pages that you have to read one article you have to keep clicking the arrow to read more so they can get more page views which is complete and utter bullshit yes however collider made a mistake this week and uh, they're kind of going with it and kind of laughing it off. But they broke the news. Uh, they supposedly had an alleged insider that told them that because of the lackluster box office splash that Solo did, that they are now pulling back on all standalone films for the foreseeable future. And the only thing they're going to be moving forward with is the the previously announced Rian Johnson's trilogy and the Game of Thrones producers, David Bainoff and Davey Weiss. Yeah. Those are the only movies moving forward. And let's say that was the truth. Would I be a little disappointed? Yes. But still, that's six fucking Star Wars movies that we're going to get. So I wouldn't be too depressed for too long. That's why I was like, that's why I was like trying to figure out why are they saying that? Oh, Star Wars films are are going are going to stop. I'm like, 
Well, no, you have six already planned. Right. They're not, and they they came out and stated that they're not stopping those ideas. Don't stop. Get it. Get it. Right, Dave. Yeah. We need more. I don't care if uh, if Solo didn't do well um, at the box office. I still love that movie. It rekindled my love. It reminded me of how much I really do love Star Wars boobs. So I have no problem with them not stopping or stopping, but it, do, it did discourage me a bit uh, hearing this news. Again, it ended up not being true. Yes. Lucasfilm was quick to respond, which, how you like that, Dave? How do you like that Lucasfilm responded to a blog post? Is that the first? That has to be a first that I've ever heard, is because they, they, they really are trying to play damage control with yeah. everything. If that's not evidence that they are trying to do damage control, Dave... I don't know what is the fact that they responded to a rumor posted by a blog. And the reason why they had to was because it blew up the Internet. Everybody shared the article. They requoted Collider and it set the Internet ablaze. Again, I was one of them. I fell victim to it. I was very disappointed. I tweeted out. I didn't say anything negative or toxic, but I said if these rumors prove to be true, that's I would be very disappointed that because one movie didn't hit their expectations it's time to grab your ball and go home. Really, Lucasfilm, after all these years of, well, two, since 2012, with the past five, six years of owning Star Wars, you had all these elaborate plans. You're doing Disneyland theme parks. Everything's Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. And now you're going to grab your ball and go home. Oh. I felt I found it hard to believe. And that's why yeah. I didn't post an article on our own site, because I don't post rumors. I usually post confirmed facts on our site because I'm not really out there for clickbait. We're mostly a podcasting network. So when I do post articles, it has to do usually with something that's factual. Yeah. And that's why I didn't post anything because I was going to wait for confirmation from Lucasfilm. And sure enough, via ABC News, they broke the news from an actual, not a Lucasfilm insider, which is where Collider got their news. And let's be honest, Dave. When you hear an insider, typically you're not dealing with a producer. You're not dealing with the second AD. You're not even dealing with the fucking fifth editor or a compositor of the visual effects. You're yeah. probably dealing with the guy that works in the mailroom who overheard something as he was walking by with some booger-free latte for the director. Uh -huh. And he decided to say, hey, I got some inside information. Allegedly, things are really doom and the gloom over here in Lucasfilm, and they're stopping everything. I heard. I heard them. Yeah. And then the the best part by far is, okay, if it's an insider, why doesn't he come out and actually, yeah. you know, confirm it himself? Yeah. Insiders aren't, they're not whistleblowers. This isn't politics. Usually the insiders <laughs> are the people that are PAs. They're the peons because an executive producer isn't going to do shit to help to potentially destroy a franchise by leaking information that can be damaging. As we saw that this Collider article did, it was damaging to the Lucasfilm brand, especially during a time when they're trying to maintain control of their franchise because of the lackluster response of Last Jedi from many people. And then, of course, the box office disappointment in for Solo. So according to this article, ABC News, they are refuting what Collider reported, according to ABC News, which, by the way, Dave, ABC is owned by by Disney. So this is a, a source that we can truly trust. 
Lucasfilm sources on Thursday characterized as inaccurate a repost that future Star Wars movies falling outside of the regular trilogy storyline, episodes one through or one through nine, have been put on hold in the wake of the box office underperformance of Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Instead, Lucasfilm told ABC News there are still multiple Star Wars films currently in development that have not been officially announced. Those projects are moving forward separate from an already announced Star Wars trilogy being overseen by The Last Jedi Jedi director Ryan Johnson and another series of movies from the Game of Thrones producers as well. It's interesting that basically, like, Kathy Kennedy has literally come out and said, yeah, that project we, we promised Ryan Johnson, it's still a go. Yeah. It's still a go, even though, like, you know, let's face it, Ryan Johnson isn't the uh, the most loved Star Wars figure right now, but it I actually like the fact that Kathleen Kennedy will stick to her guns and say, hey, I, I we decided to go on this. We're going to move forward, but we're going to actually see and adjust what we have to do to fix everything, you know? Yeah. So this news is not correct. Obviously, there yeah. were some truth, however, to the overall, I, I want to say, I could see where this Lucasfilm insider probably made some some errors as he was serving the directors and producers coffee and in the boardroom <laughs> as they were figuring out and making decisions. He probably overheard the wrong thing because the truth is, is apparently they are making changes to their strategy. Yes. They're not stopping or holding back on their movies, but they will be rethinking their strategy in terms of directors and certain little other things that will be made more clear to us, the the fans, the avid st- fans out there that are waiting on hands and knees for any types of Star Wars news or movie announcements. Um, and apparently one of their strategies that they're changing is there'll be no more experimentation. What does that mean, Dave? Basically, no more hiring terrible directors like Chris Miller and Phil Lord and even Colin Trevorrow. And I would even say throw Ryan Johnson in the mix as well. Uh, people that that had no true background in terms of handling tentpole films. And now we're going to be getting only directors that are that have been through the fire. Directors that have been forged. Experienced. Experienced directors, Dave. And this is something that's not new to our discussions. We've been talking about this for quite some time. Um, we already know that Rogue One was also beaten apart with negative PR, not as bad as Solo because they didn't go the distance into firing Gareth Edwards, but they had to bring in Tony Gilroy uh, to completely take over the movie and reshoot a lot of it and also be in control of the editing room and make sure this movie came out because Gareth Edwards wasn't up to the task. And they are no longer doing that because they've had the biggest problems they've had were on these standalone movies because of the inexperienced directors that they're getting involved in these movies and i know kathleen kennedy was so excited because gareth edwards was able to hold a camera on his shoulder <laughs> you know such innovative work that you know an indie director brings to was rather than to lift the camera by himself like oh oh me wow you're, you're instead of using a tripod or a crane or a jib you're gonna actually hold this one and walk around with it that's so innovative gareth <laughs> well, apparently uh, those those little traits of these directors she's been hiring, these these small time directors, uh, she's over it. 
The, the, the honeymoon period is over. Kathleen yeah. Kennedy has realized that that's been the mistake that that they've had, because when you look at the disappointing box office of Solo, Dave, it really isn't that bad. No. Uh, is it bad compared to other movies? Yes. But when you take into account movies like Marvel, which is probably the best example we can point to right now for what Star Wars is attempting to do or they're starting out doing and we've gone back and forth now with these examples. Marvel movies have not all been interstellar hits. And in fact, Iron Man 2, Captain America First Avenger made less money, even with inflation, at the box office than Solo has made currently right now. The only reason, Dave, the only reason why they were considered non-flops was because of the expectations. There's a lot of expectations on Solo. Also, the fact that the reshoots hijacked the entire scheduled events for Solo in terms of production. The budget skyrocketed because of the reshoots. I mean, the original budget was listed at 240, 250 million, uh, more like 290 when you take into account, you know, advertisement, right? Yes. Now, add more to that because of a 75% to 90% reshoots that we heard. So now you're looking at $380 million for this movie. Yeah. If it, especially in regards to basically who they called upon to do the reshoots. Calling Ron Howard's not cheap. No. But that, he's probably cheaper than all the reshoots they had to do. Yeah. He, he's probably cheaper, but it, it getting a talent like that still costs money. Right. So, like... That's why it's well, like, essentially you're paying two directors, two directors, and yeah. you're paying double for things that you already shot that you got to go back and redo. So and plus, don't forget production schedules and bringing back the crew as well. Now you're basically making two movies for the price of for the potential ROI of one, the return on investment of one. But you're putting two budgets worth of, of money into one movie. And that's what's killing the standalone films is these reshoots. If they didn't yeah. have to reshoot Rogue One, if they didn't have to reshoot Solo and they made the right choices from the very beginning with the right directors, the right writers, the right script. Then these movies would eventually have been OK, even Solo. Let's say they didn't do reshoots. Let's say Phil. Let's say they didn't get Phil Lord and, and fucked up Chris Miller at the very beginning. Let's say they chose Ron Howard from the get go. Then this movie wouldn't have been in such a bad state as it is now in terms yeah. of in terms of a return on investment, making money. Now, look, let's look at things from the past just to kind of drive home this point and, and let people know. Let's not worry about Star Wars, that the movie is just fine in the grand scheme of things. If you look at Marvel at the, the very beginning, and we're just going to take one movie as an example, Captain America, the first Avenger made domestically 176 million dollars with infa with inflation 198 million dollars okay that's already far less than what solo is already at 4 weeks in to their premiere and to their run now this is why people should just relax star wars fans this doesn't signal doom and gloom Luckily, Disney is in charge of Lucasfilm because, Dave, if they weren't, then we would be worried and say, shit, 
they're going to pull back now because we don't know what to expect from a studio. Let's say Warner Brothers was in charge of Star Wars. You can almost guarantee that they would have pulled back and changed everything. Yes. But Disney has not pulled back on Marvel, even through a couple hiccups in the road. Iron Man 2, Captain America, First Avenger, Hulk, Thor 2. There has been numerous bumps in the road for this Marvel journey. It didn't happen for them until they didn't find their groove until the first Avenger movie. That's when everything came together. But imagine if Marvel had pulled the rug or pulled the plug, I should say, on production of Marvel movies and said, guess what? You know what? We're no longer going to do individual movies moving forward um, because we didn't like the box office return for Captain America First Avenger. We would never have gotten to the multi-billion dollar success of Infinity War. And yes. now what this franchise is. So Disney isn't going to do the same thing with Solo or with Star Wars all because of Solo. What you're going to see is strategy change. And that's exactly what we're getting with Kathleen Kennedy now allegedly saying the experimentation is over. It's time to only use directors they can trust. That is why she went back to J.J. Yeah. For episode nine, episode because nine. she knows that a the guy is fantastic at making blockbuster movies and B, he knows how to make a Star Wars movie. Force Awakens was, for the most part, received very well. And on top of that, too, th this is something I just pulled up from the Hollywood Reporter. Uh huh. Uh, one of the one of the quotes that was said during when Kathy Kennedy made the thing is uh, one of the quotes she said, it just means that they're trying to figure out how to make and market them differently. Exactly. And remember, in the past, we've been mentioning the one thing that hurt Solo was its marketing campaign. Yeah, the lack of. The lack of it. <laughs> the lack of the marketing campaign. I agree. I agree. They have to re-strategize their plan of action. It doesn't mean they're going to stop doing movies. It just means they're going to. All right, well, what are we going to do? And strategy means a lot of things. Who are they going to put in place for writing? Who are they going to put in place for directing? And you're not going to see these, these young upstarts having chances anymore in these movies. And honestly, I thought it was a mistake from the get-go. If you go back three years ago, what did I complain about? I complained about Gareth Edwards, and I complained about Chris, Phil, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, and I also complained about Colin Trevorrow. Well, see... I'm I'm on the opposite side of that. I was I was really excited that they came out and said we're going to give young filmmakers a chance, you know, because like, it, yeah, it's a dream pipe of mine and stuff like I'm sure of yours too. That basically a dream pipe or a, a pipe dream, dream, a pipe dream. But like, <laughs> I think you're smoking the pipe to, to have the hard. opportunity as a young filmmaker to take an epic project like that would have been fantastic that's great that's the when i first heard it a long time ago i was like going this is a chance for now new filmmakers to come out of the woodwork and basically make a mark yeah and it sucks because and that's why it's not going to happen right now yeah it's just not going to happen. happen and that's why for the if people have been listening to our past shows why i've been so negative and harsh on the on the past directors right now like trevorrow and trank josh trank and let's just call him josh Lord skank i've been so negative on them and everyone's like saying well you can't you have to you have to excuse them and i'm like going no what? not no not for star wars i'm not excusing you them. don't excuse that you get the opportunity you have to make it count yeah i don't have any sympathy for them in fact i'm angry that basically because of their mistakes mm -hmm. opportunities are being now taken away from there you go david that's my takeaway too yeah. like because of Kathleen Kennedy's need to experiment is now taking the chances away from 
potential directors out there, young directors that would have a very unique look or I want to say perspective perspective on on doing a Star Wars film. So now that those it's it's done, at least for the at least for now, for the next four or five years, I, I can see them changing things up once they have another four or five years of movies under their belt and they have various successes then you can see them possibly going back and and maybe willing to take a chance on a director. Um, but allegedly to uh, whoa, I don't know where I'm going. Uh, well, okay, Hollywood Reporter. Let me backtrack. I lost my train of thought for a second here, Dave. <laughs> Lucasfilm also released a few additional thoughts on what's happening behind the scenes, according to uh, an insider. And this is uh, someone I think you can trust. <laughs> a source from Lucasfilm says that they're not pulling back Lucasfilm, licking their wounds, but not halting Star Wars development. Again, good news. Yes. And it kind of adds more uh, clout to the previous topic we've been discussing. Uh, according to this source, they say there may be a scaling back, not in terms of movie. But going back to the idea of strategy, yeah, they'll be scaling back. And that word has kind of caused people's hearts to, to palpitate and fear that in fear of what that may mean. There was a few people on social media. And when I say a few, I mean quite a bit kind of quoting that and then sharing their thoughts as to what it could possibly mean. And a lot of people tend to think that it means budget wise. That they're going to be scaling back the grandiose display of Star Wars cinematics. Yeah, far from it. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. However, I also don't think it would hurt Star Wars. Now, if you do your trilogies as these grand epics, then yeah, don't scale those back. But if you're doing a standalone movie like Boba Fett or whatever else, it could be Obi-Wan. I don't find it a problem to scale back the over the top action sequences and I'll tell you why Dave because then they're going to have to rely on story and if they rely on story you're going to have a much better movie and I'm when I say scale back I'm not talking below 100 million but why do we need a 250 million dollar Star Wars movie we already know that budgets are way overblown already yes. you and I both know this for a fact oh yeah so if they were to make a hundred and fifty million, a hundred and ninety million dollar movie, I feel like there'd be a lot more emphasis on fully fleshing out a story and giving us a fucking great narrative. And think about it. That's what essentially the one of the biggest strengths of Solo was the fact that its narrative was so strong because of Ron Howard. Yeah. He was able to tell a story without going relying on special effects and anything of, of yeah. that nature it was the story that drove that movie forward right because the movie was 250 million and honestly at well originally it was 250 million dollars right yes now it's probably north of 300 million however i don't even think that movie needed to be 250 million yeah there were some great moments but there wasn't those elaborate scenes there was some pretty far out there concepts and things that we saw on screen but honestly i think if they really wanted to they could have scaled back some of that just a bit and given us the same feel and vibe without dumping you know 250 million dollars into it and i guarantee you if you look at it and you analyze their their 
budget breakdown, you'll see that basically, I guarantee you that probably 20 to probably 30% of that budget, right, which is a huge chunk when you take a look at it, came from reshoots. Oh, yeah. It came from the reshoots because you have to bring back back the cast. That means you have to actually pay Alden Einreich and and all all of them more money because, hey, they got to come back for their day period. And then you have to hire back the crew and you have to pay for Ron Howard, another director, when honestly you could have taken away – if you took away Phil Lord and Chris Miller's salary, that would have probably covered that 20 to 30, 20 to 30%. I bet you that their salary would have covered the reshoot reshoots. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. They should just have. They should have just killed them on set. <laughs> as soon as things were happening, no, disintegrate them. Yeah, just disintegrate have, them now. Just have Chewie rip their arms off their sockets, <laughs> out of their sockets. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to go to a very quick break, Dave, and then when we get back, we're going to delve into the idea of Star Wars fatigue. Is it a real thing? A myth, <laughs> or is it a myth? We'll be right back. Uh, become pregnant with uh, Anakin and the the mother basically makes the comment it, she doesn't know. I touched myself once with a, with an old lightsaber I found. <laughs> it's a How did you become pregnant? Well, I, I found an old lightsaber and I played. I rubbed it on myself and poof, I was pregnant. <laughs> From the Back to Tech, late night replay, Monday through Friday, starting at 1 a.m. Pacific, only on Rain Man Channel 001. Listen from the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RM Channel 001. This is madness. All right, welcome back, everybody. Star Wars from the Back to Tank. If you missed any part of this broadcast, you can always find us on Stitcher and iTunes. Just search Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Leave us reviews. Give us thumbs up. Also, find us on Twitter at From Back to Tank, as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I'm trying to be more active on our Twitter account of late. Dave, I am tweeting at least five, six times a day. I'm more of a Facebook person. Our our Facebook page is upwards of almost 20,000 likes. Uh, we get a lot of great um, click-throughs to our shows through Facebook, but I figured, hey, let me spend a little bit more time on Twitter. And so far, it's worked pretty well. I've kind of avoided Twitter because the hashtags I like to go through and talk to people, but I just it's just so toxic. The it's fandom so right toxic, now. dude. I'm, I'm afraid to go on Twitter because of all the trolls. Oh, yeah. I listen, I'm not a fan of that. However, I have found some pretty nice people as well through through the the muck of Bantha fodder. I have found some gems mixed underneath and I'm trying to clean them. I'm trying to clean them. I've been licking them clean of the fa- Bantha fodder. Is that is that weird? Yeah. Uh, no. A little bit. Not, not, not too weird. Okay, good. All right. So let's move into uh, a few things. Now we had uh, teased that we're going to talk about Star Wars fatigue, but first let's talk about this article from Cinema Blend. 
again, please take this as a grain of salt. It's a grain of salt. These are rumors. You could never really trust them 100%. There's two big rumors, actually, I found uh, when uh, when off the air when we were discussing about it. There's two big rumors. One is the one that you're going to talk about, Cinnable Blend. The other one is from uh, that I have. That sounds kind of interesting. All right. Why don't you take us into the Cineblend article? Uh, allegedly, they have some information that. Sure. They seem to know what the first scene of Star Wars Episode 9, episode nine might, might in fact, in fact be. be. So take us into the article. Don't uh, paraphrase. Just read through that and we'll stop and start as we see fit to express some thoughts. Okay. All this right? was released uh, actually just today. It uh, basically reports from Cinema Blend that uh, Cinema Blend claims that the opening scene will feature the funeral of General Leia Organa, hmm. which makes sense from one perspective since Fisher tragically died or passed away in December. Is it really tragic? I mean, it was an overdose of drugs. I mean, that's not. <sighs> yeah, it, 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 it's sad. Though. Tragic would be like if an earthquake started and then like the ground opened up and she fell down. Into the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, that would be tragic. (laughs) Tragic tragic. would be if a meteor came down from the fucking space and just plowed right into her. That would be tragic. Tragic would be her on an airplane and uh, a a storm came from out of nowhere and knocked the plane off course and she died in a a fiery crash. Yeah. Tragic would be if her husband, ex-husband, ex-lover were to pull out a gun and blow her away. Uh, come on drug abuse that's not tragic that's stupidity that's I, I love carrie fisher that's a choice and <laughs> right and she knows it. she her entire life has been she's been very she's been well documented well documented very forthcoming about her internal demons i think a lot of people saw it coming for years star wars was supposed to help kind of stave that off a bit like hey you know what now she has something to really live for because she's back in the spotlight of things uh, spotlight and all things were look looking good for her at that yeah point. i mean she was losing weight she was exercising she was feeling good she started looking better her complexion got better and then i guess the stress of all of this got to her and she started doing drugs again yeah, yeah. It, it was sad no so let's but, not use that word tragic but back in uh january 2017 uh the article goes on lucasfilm made the rare move of actually responding to a press rumor that claimed the studio was considering using cgi technology to digitally create leia like they did in rogue one with grand moff talking that would be terrible played by the late peter cushing yeah they said it was false so that, that so that basically cuts that one rumor we talked about where basically well what happens if they use the technology we saw in rogue one right and i know it was a big fear of yours because that was not uh, me and you were both agreement that did not look good the tarkin cgi worked for the most part but it was because of the lighting right the lighting and also the fact that he has very gaunt features yes he has very lifeless features he looked like he could play a dead man even in new hope yeah, and he beca- looks like a cartoon character. Right. That's so the thing. I feel like the recreation of his face worked, but the Carrie Fisher scene, I feel like it's going to be... It, that stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to hold up. And in four or five years, we're going to look back and be like, oh, oh my God. I still look back at it and I go, no, nah, that doesn't look right. It's jarring. It's jarring. Yeah. And uh, they said it was false. Still, with that being said, fans had wondered how they will address Leia's eventual death. Even though Carrie Fisher's brother, Todd Fisher, recently revealed he hoped Leia still had a presence in Star Wars Episode Nine. 
All right, Dave. And that that was that was a uh, pretty much the article right there. Okay, so they feel like they think that the opening scene of Star Wars Episode Nine is going to be a funeral. Yes. Let me get that straight. That that's it. And what are they basing this on? Is there news that was leaked? That's was, what I'm trying to figure out where some of them like got their uh, report. Yeah. You think they're just looking for? I don't know. They're clickbait. I don't know if they're looking for clickbait, but I'm going through it again. There doesn't seem to be any. Uh, it says here episode nine could take layaway during this gap between the films. Uh, allegedly, there will be a time gap between Last Jedi and yes. episode nine, which I think is smart. There should have been between Force Awakens and Last Jedi, in my opinion. Uh, and I guess allegedly Star Wars Episode Nine could take Leia away during this gap between the films, literally writing off her death in the opening crawl. Now, here's the thing: I found a, I found another article that would that goes on to this to explain further rumor about what Episode Nine is about. That actually connects why Leia would be at this point. You would write her off because a, a time gap happens, right? What's that? And that alarm is going to be the death of me. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it. But like, like the past, I'm going to kill it. But so if a time gap does happen, I could potentially see if that report came from an insider that, mm-hmm. yeah, that you would write off Carrie Fisher because her character was old at that point. Yeah, I, dude, this is a very, um, I don't envy J.J. Abrams. I don't envy him, but here was for a-, a lot of reasons right now for episode nine. Um, the fact that the handling of Princess Leia is going to be very. Oh, man, it, it's going to be something that you have to do very delicately because there's people that are just ready to get angry and you have to make the decision. Bottom line, you have to make the decision that's not best for Star Wars fans. And that includes me. You have to make the decision that's best for the story. Yeah. And what feels sincere. I, I don't want some weird. Odd goodbye. There's a lot of people saying, well, we need to have a sense of saying goodbye to her. And I, I don't think we need that because in mm-hmm. 10, 15 years and 20 years, you're going to take away the rewatchability of this movie. People or yeah. even new viewers, people are going to be like, I don't understand why they're doing this. Why is the tone like this? Why are we having this send off for her? They're not going to know that Carrie Fisher died between The Last Jedi and Episode Nine. They're not going to understand that. The hardcore elite fans will. There, there's going to be people going to see Episode Nine that don't even know she died. Let's, yeah. let's be real. Most people aren't tuned in to every bit of Star Wars news. And there's a lot of fans, casual fans that just go see every movie and they don't know who dies and who's alive at this point. And that's why it's one of those things that has to be done for the purpose of the story, because then you're going to give an extended shelf life to your movie. That's not going to be dated. That, that is true. But however, flip side, flip side of that, though, is if you actually it would explain the, the thing about putting a time gap from last Jedi to episode nine, because you have to, from all senses, we all know that they're trying to distance themselves from last Jedi because of that toxicity of that project. Right. Right. So one of the things I could see them do is create such a big time gap that basically episode nine starts off and we just explain that, Hey, this time has passed and, we kick off right at the beginning, right at the 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 funeral 
to explain that time gap. Because one of the other things I found that was really interesting that go, went along with this article was a, another article that said Star Wars 9 casting has been leaked, and, but reveals that Ray possibly has a child. So this was actually interesting because then you further explain that time gap because uh, this one comes from the Express. Uh, Star Wars 9 could show Ray and, and possibly, or Star Wars 9 could show Ray and Kylo Ren having a child, yeah. according to a new casting. Wait, Kylo Ren? Yeah. So during this time, after Kylo Ren violently tried to kill Luke and destroy the Rebel Alliance, he somehow wooed his way into Ray's panties. You'd have to explain it. Dude, That would that's horrible. JJ's not doing that shit. You don't think so? Fuck that. I mean, I'm agreeing with you. That idea is horrible to throw a child in there between the two. It's weird. Even though they built up that relationship between Kylo and Rey, they yeah. did they did have that and you get the sense that there's that, a close connection to them. Yeah. I, I I and yes, that would work at that time, but that moment when Kylo shows the dark side again over Rey, he had that moment in Last Jedi where he could have chosen the good side or at least chosen Rey, right? Let's say he chose to be the dark side still. Yes. But he chose Ray. That would have been an inter- interesting thing to go with. Like, I love you, but this is my path. It would have been very reminiscent of Anakin and Padme, where Anakin still loved and adored his wife, but he chose the bad path. Uh-huh. I-, I would have liked that. It would have worked. But there was a moment where he chose not her. He chose the dark side. Yes. And that's where I feel like you would kind of then backtrack what we saw in Last Jedi. And enough is enough with this backtracking. Last Jedi did it to Force Awakens. It kind of knocked some of the things that they had planned. That's what I was. Uh, that's what I was thinking was if they did something like that, wouldn't you agree that basically this is their way of backtracking and trying to rewrite Last Jedi? And I, I, I don't think we need that. I think we need to suck it up. The people who don't like Last Jedi yeah. and say, look, this is the movie we have. This is what Ryan Johnson did. And let's move forward. Let's not try to fix anything that he did. Let's just try to continue the story in the best way possible and tell something fucking cool. So would you. Uh, OK, in that regard, then would you rather have them continue the trend of we're going to pick it up right where we left off? Or do you do you think that we should actually have a time gap then still? No, 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 no. I definitely think we need to have a time gap for sure. Allow some time to go by. Allow Ray to have a better understanding of the Force. Uh, Finn to have moved on. I would love to see the characters move on. Absolutely. Kylo Ren, give them the give them some time to grow and get someplace different. Maybe Kylo can have the Knights of Ren as his as his unit now that he's in charge of the um the first order. There's lots of directions they can go by having that time gap. But I think having opening up the movie and suddenly we see Kylo Ren and Rey have a child. I feel like that would be very contrived and off-putting for a lot of people. I'm glad that I'm not the only one that actually thought about that when I found this article. Because I was like going, for me, I agree with you. It's it's very contrived if they try to go this route. I understand yeah. trying to create a time gap and explaining that this amount of time has passed and there's enough time for like things to happen that we can forget about Last Jedi. But yeah, you're right. You You have to actually just move on and accept that basically it's there. 
I hope that JJ writes around it to the point that yeah. he can work it in. I don't mind if they have, <laughs> if somehow they come together by the end of the movie, let's say, you know, Ray and, and Kylo. I don't know if I want him to come to the good side, but if they were to build up that relationship, the Romeo and Juliet type relationship, you know, or opposing sides falling in love with each other, despite their ideology, I would love for them to do something like that. I think that we could, that could really work and really create a strong character narrative for this movie and a kind of an intimate story as well. And when I mean intimate, I don't mean like romance, just intimate in terms of something very personal. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with that, but uh, maybe these, these reports we're hearing from cinema blend and these other places, maybe they're, they're taking ideas that they've heard and kind of running with it. There may be some truth as we, as we know with force awakens, if you remember the original thing we heard, uh, the opening of Force Awakens was going to be Luke's hand <laughs> and his lightsaber in floating in space. And it was going to spark this whole thing where they're going to start looking for Luke because people think something's wrong with him. Something happened to him. Uh, and sure enough, there you can definitely derive. You could definitely see how these leaked sources were able to derive some of that information. Information. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, let's talk about. Let's talk about Star Wars fatigue, Dave. Is it a real thing or is it a myth? Now. Going back to what we said earlier in the show, we talked about the fact that Star Wars, Lucasfilm, there's no, there's no credence to the rumor of them slowing things down, just the change of strategy. That being said, there have been reports that there are nine Star Wars movies that are currently in development. So that would be, of course, the three. Yes. From Ryan, the three from the Game of Thrones producers. That's six. That leaves us, leaves us three others. Nine films. That's a lot of films. Yeah. And the way I look at it is this. I don't care to live in the past. I don't need to have that feeling of this is an event. I need to feel like I haven't seen Star Wars in so long. I want to have that excitement because that excitement will be there if these Star Wars movies are good. Period. I lost a little bit of that excitement after Last Jedi, not because I hated it, but just because I was a little disappointed in, in various things in it. But after seeing Solo, Solo has re-sparked the fire that doesn't start the rebellion, but reignites my love of Star Wars and brings me back to the moment I was when Phantom Menace was first premiering. I have not had... This amount of Star Wars excitement, even though I'm uh, obviously David, I'm an avid Star Wars nutcase. I think that's a given, right? Yes. But something on in Solo connected with me as a Star Wars fan so much that it has pushed me back into the old days of buying Star Wars merchandise, action figures, the art of Solo, which you have yep. that, that book you have right on your desk there's something that they did in that movie that really connected with me as a fan. And I can't quite put my finger on it. I know there's, there's some great moments and I feel like the movie was written well, it was directed well, the acting was great. And I feel like if all those movies managed to connect with us, yeah, obviously not every movie is going to connect in that way, but every movie will connect with somebody. And if that continues to happen, then the Star Wars fatigue is a fucking myth. It's about good development and well-directed, well-written stories. Yes. That's what needs to be at the forefront, not churning out 
movie after movie. This isn't the Roger Corman days. This isn't the B film era. We don't need just to turn these films out so that we can make a quick buck. Right, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. We need to have well thought out story ideas and look at Marvel and what they've done. Yeah, there are some people that have grown tired of Marvel, but only because up until Avengers Infinity War, they had fallen the last three or four movies outside of Black Panther had kind of fallen into the rut of one continuous joke throughout the entire movie with minimal story. Yes. And I think that um, put a lot of bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, at least within the film circles, especially on this network. I think we all felt the same about Marvel especially after Guardians of the Galaxy and then Thor Ragnarok. And you're just like, wow, this there's no story. <laughs> there's no story. It's just one joke right after another. There's no development. Right. But for the most part, Marvel has put out what? 20 some movies. Roughly. So, yes. And my number so. may be off a bit. Since 2008 with Iron Man, 10 years of putting out movies and the franchise has not slowed down one bit. There's no there's no conversations about Marvel fatigue. And the reason why is because for the most part, these movies that they put out connect with audiences. Yeah. And I think that's what. For me, the difference between Solo and say something like Last Jedi, because I know that there's fans of Last Jedi and they love those moments, like, say, for example, nostalgic moments. Right. Right. The difference between that type of feeling, like that member berry moment and getting a good feel, like I agree with you. I had the same feeling from Star Wars where it felt like a Star Wars film. It felt like basically sitting back again, watching New Hope and getting that feeling like even in Rogue One, getting that same feeling that 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 fizz right. that you get a watching fizz. a Star, Star Wars film. And like the member berry feeling is what you get with last Jedi. And I think that basically when you use nostalgia in a bad way, that's what you get. You get like that empty feeling like, Oh, it's Luke Skywalker. And then he's gone. Right. And uh, yeah, I think nostalgia, I think expectations built on nostalgia is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Expectations based on nostalgia. It's like fleeting. It's like really quick. Yeah. And all of a sudden you feel empty afterwards. Yeah. But like that feeling, the, the feeling that we're, I feel that we're trying to get to with solo. With solo, I felt like a virgin, David. I felt like it was the first time. I felt like, and it hurt. It hurt. (laughs) It hurt like the first time. (laughs) But it was a good pain. It was a good pain that fizzed, as you said. It fizzed. (laughs) It fizzed at the end. Yeah. So, Dave, you and I are in agreement that Star Wars fatigue is is a myth. I think it's a myth. I mean, how? (laughs) So many people try to keep keep using that on blog posts as a reason why solo didn't hit the mark in terms of box office success and i I find that completely false and and, uh thomas one of um thomas Cowley, a host on this network for those of you that don't know him uh he's a star wars fan he's more of i would call him um he doesn't read all the comics he doesn't read books a a few books and i think he's slightly above a casual fan Okay, because he sees all the movies. He doesn't watch Clone Wars, doesn't watch Star Wars Rebels. Uh, So I I don't know if that's a true Star Wars fan, maybe uh, slightly above casual. Right. Yeah. Would you. Okay. Yeah. So he hasn't seen Solo, even though he trusts my opinion, because Thomas and I have very similar tastes in movies and entertainment. And um, even though he trusts my opinion, he hasn't gone to see it yet. 
And he says it has to do with Star Wars fatigue. He says he wants that event feeling. He wants the excitement of, oh, I haven't seen a movie in three years. And I said, I think you're misunderstanding your own feelings, Thomas. I said, because I said, now, correct me if I'm wrong, Thomas. Did you like The Last Jedi? He's all like, no. Okay. Did you like Force Awakens? Yeah. Did you like Rogue One? Yeah. I'm like, okay. If The Last Jedi was everything you wanted it to be. And it didn't have a shitty script like it did. Would you have waited over a month to see Solo? And he looked at me and you knew he doesn't like to be wrong. He was going to say yes, I can tell. Because he just looked at me and said, yeah, like, fair enough. Because if, if, <laughs> if Last Jedi made him feel like a virgin, like Solo, and it hurt, it hurt like the very first time. Then guess what he would have done? He would have gone right back just to see solo in the theater and sat down he would have chased that dragon yeah and that's why that's why i'm glad you brought this up because everyone under the sun says well i i was just tired of star i was tired of star wars no you weren't and it's it's, the problem is expectation the problem is expectations not fatigue expectations you got everybody has their own movie when it comes to star wars in their head i do too but i don't allow that to dictate my feelings on the movie that I'm watching. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. So there is no such thing as Star Wars fatigue. It's called Star Wars expectations. Expectations. Yeah. You expect something, and then when you don't get what you wanted, now it's like, oh, I just am tired of it. I want it to be exciting again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I like, like, you're letting one other project, because that project fell your expectations, affect how you feel uh, further on. Instead of actually looking at it, all right, they struck out once. Let's try it again. Right. Last Jedi had whiskey dick. You know, it was limp. It didn't. It wasn't erect for you. Give it a chance. All right. Give it a chance again. Let they, it wake up. They, yeah. Let it wake up. Flick it. They promise <laughs> not to overdrink next time. <laughs> all right. On that note, we need to wrap this discussion, Dave. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why people listen to us. All right. (laughs) On that note, we must wrap our discussion on Star Wars for this week, and we probably will be back next week. I wanted to take a week off so we can catch up on other things. However, if news comes out like it's doing, like like, like what's happening, then we're going to probably have to be right back here in the studio again. Yep. But if you miss any part of this broadcast, Dave, people can find us where Star Wars, not Star Wars. I don't even know. I was going to say StarWars.com. I wish. I wish. We'd be millionaires wish right now. That. Yeah. No, you can find us at RainmanDigitalMedia.com. Bookmark us. Also, iTunes and Stitcher. Just search Star Wars from the back to tank. Talk to us. Let us know your thoughts and feelings. Tell us you love us. You like us. And um, you also want to be like a virgin again with Star Wars. Let us know if you agree. Just a little pain. Yeah. Thanks, David. May the force be with us. Hello, this is Stormtrooper One. And if you've missed any portion of the show, you can always head over to FromTheBackToTank.com and uh, listen to the show at your leisure. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, Smart Radio, Stitcher.com, search BACTA, and that is to your favorites. Thank you. And uh, listen responsibly. And may the force be with you. And long live. Thank you for listening to From the Back to Tank. And From the Back to Tank is executive produced by Michael Flores and Dustin Lucas. Hosted by Michael Flores, David Zabal. You can find out more about our show 
by going to www.fromthebacktotank.com. You can also find us on Twitter at FromBackToTank, as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash FromTheBackToTank. 